When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? <laughs> Are you ready? This is the Really Riley Podcast. Woo! Hello, beloveds. Happy Wednesday. And yeah, again, it is a very happy Wednesday for me. I, mean, I know that I'm sounding like a super positive Polly Pants as of lately, but you know what? We had enough of the wet wet podcasts for a while. Not as to say that things always aren't always up and down and ebbs and flows and all around, but right now I am on a kick of faith, forward motion, pivoting and prevailing. Ugh, and damn, it feels good to shed some of the scales because there have been many of layers of those. Um, it seems like a lot of things are blossoming right now, like a lotus flower that I am. Um, I'm such a dork. Um, but I am a little melancholy right now, just a little, because tomorrow my almost eight-year-old goes to second grade. And I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> what happened? I can't believe summer's over. I can't believe how things are whizzing by. Time is whizzing by. I was thinking just the other day, like, oh my God, my two-year anniversary is coming up. And although we have like stuff in the works to do and celebrate each other, um, how has it been two years? Like it's been almost five that I've been with Marshall. Like what the hell? Let me go get some more Botox. My God. <laughs> um, I'm a dork. I know. I'm, I'm like, I'm in a weird vibe today, but as sad as I am and as melancholy as I am, like that kid is just phenomenal. Like he's my greatest creation. Both of my boys are. But Malin, we know, is just cute and crazy because he's Malin. But Lyric, I'm starting to see, turn into this beautiful, driven, funny, sensitive, mischievous little human. <laughs> the other day we did um, the little quick orientation because, you know, first grade and kindergarten were a little bit more extensive. By the time it's second grade, they're like, meh, you got it. And we walk in and this one, like, teacher was like, oh, hey, Lyric. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, not she was doing anything wrong. It was just like, I'm, I'm hearing that echoing in my ears for when like 10 years comes to pass. I'm, ugh. I'm gonna be throwing bows, let me just tell you. <laughs> um, Kidding. But he got his favorite teacher or one of the teachers he was hoping for. And he was like, I'm so happy. And he was very excited to go back to school. Whereas before he was pulling the typical you know, eight-nager. He's not a teenager yet. He's not even a tween. He's just an eight-nager. Like, like whenever I would ask him if he was excited about school. But he's very stoked. He's going to wear his newest messy jersey outfit that, thank you, listener fam, that sent him that. Because I just, Lord knows that expense wasn't in the cards right now. But it's really nice because I don't know if you've heard in the podcast before to heard me talk about on air with that. I used to go with my mom every year. We would get like an outfit for every day, no matter how. I don't, I don't 
consider us having a lot of money when we grew up. But when my mom married my stepfather, we were okay. We didn't spend like tons of money on it. But every year we would get an outfit. Like that was our thing. And like, I remember one time, this is how old I am, y'all. Limited two. It was sort of like, I don't even know what to compare it to now. Sort of like Express maybe for kids was closing down in the mall and everything was like 75% off. And my mom was like, do you want this? Do you want this? Do you want that? And it was like the coolest little shopping experience. Then, you know, I get my shopping habits from my mother. But this year I was like, I don't, there's been a lot of expense, you know, going to the beach and, you know, taking our savings from the wedding about that. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to make him some stuff. And Hey, the stuff I make is pretty bomb by the way. And I, it was funny because I was like, I don't know what I'm going to make him. And then I was looking through a lot of my crafting stuff because I was looking for this one tool to be making um, crystal necklaces. Yes, that merch is coming, friends. Um, And I found this marshmallow patch that I'd had from last year because I had made him a marshmallow robe for Christmas that he adores. It's like his favorite thing ever. And that was in the mail for it. And I ended up having to use a different one because this one went through like I swear to you, it went to like India and back again before it got to me. And it came to the house like three months later. And I just, you know, kind of put it in with all my crafting stuff. And I found it. I was like, oh, cool. I was like, I'll make him a shirt. And I had found one of these shirts on like um, a wholesale clearance thing that I got for like $1.25. And he loved it. So he has a couple. I'm probably going to end up going to see if Michaels has a sale and get him some shirts and just make him some stuff. Obviously, like we bought him the you know, pants and things that he's going to need for fall. But I'm like, I'm not going to buy him new shorts if he's just in like transitional phase and he's so tall. I digress. Anyway, boring on that point, on that part. But I'm still going to do the little sign that we do every year for him. And I get to take him to school again this year. And he's excited to walk to school. And tomorrow's going to be a good day. I'm going to do my best not to cry, but I promise nothing. <laughs> All right. So today is an Ask Riley day. And I know that you usually just go for the Instagrams, which I love because I love the stuff you guys asked me. But I got an email for an Ask Riley that said, Hi, Riley. My amazing, beautiful, brilliant, intelligent 19 year old daughter has ADHD and executive function disorder. It's really affecting all aspects of her life. She's in college and working, and there are other members of the family that live in the house with her. It's a lot. She, however, refuses to acknowledge it or any of the effects it has on her or those around her, and she often makes excuses for every reason why anything is not her fault. Any advice on how I can try to help her and bring the subject up because she deserves to have the most incredible life? She is so brilliant and intelligent, but this is really affecting everything. I can see where in the future this could lead to so many things that could go wrong. And instead, I want her to see with the right tools and the right therapist helping her that there are so many amazing things that could go right. I feel like she's something, she thinks something is wrong with her and she acknowledges, if she acknowledges it. I feel like she thinks there's something wrong with her if she acknowledges it. Okay. Would really love any insight or thoughts you might have on how to approach this without losing her over it. Thank you. Oh my goodness. Mama, first of all, I want to say, I want to give you a big old virtual hug. I'm hugging the microphone right now. Um, damn, like 19 for me was a really funky age. And it's like this weird thing of like, you're sure as shit not an adult after 18. Like, I don't think I grew up until about 33 when I had my son. But 19, I was very wild I was doing a lot of the things that you do at a club but you're not supposed to drinking there was 
a lot of drugs around me and the place where I grew up and I was partaking. And as I'm told by my mom, like I was just like, you're a 19 year old. I was very intelligent. I was very bright. I just didn't want to try. I didn't want to do anything. And I later found that like that was a symptom of ADHD. Like they, I mean, from I've only been diagnosed for, I think just two years now that Everybody thought that was a disease, a, a, not a disease, sorry, um, a disability, as they say, which I don't even know if that goes that far to call it a disability. It's a speed bump or something. That it was supposed to be for just boys only when we were, you know, when I was growing up. So I don't really necessarily blame my mom for not having further looked into it. She wasn't exactly the most hands-on in that arena, um, but she did the best she could. But it wasn't about like, you know, I, I think about it now, like why, like I was very intelligent, but I remember my second, third grade teacher would say like, I just, I wouldn't read. It would take me forever to read a book because my mind would just wander everywhere. But then when I would find a book that I loved, I would devour it. Like The Great Gatsby, all time favorite book, all time favorite book. As a matter of fact, I did a candle this weekend about, you know, everything gets crisp again in the fall or life starts over when everything gets crisp in the fall. One of my favorite lines. F. Scott Fitzgerald, it's my absolute favorite and I about died when I found out he was buried here in Rockville and went to see his grave. Pretty cool, full circle moment when I first got here. Anyway, I understand what she is going through in terms of not wanting to admit that there's something quote wrong. And it got to a space when I was diagnosed with ADHD that like I thought there was something very wrong. Like I was going crazy because I was, you know, getting razzed on air about not paying attention and not being able to focus. And there would be times where I would literally just blank out. Now, granted I was going through a very wicked postpartum. I had just had a baby. I went back to work after six weeks on my second child. Cause I thought I had to. And I was under a lot of pressure. So what I'm told is, you know, cause I used to say this, like I used to be able to handle ADHD without medication. That's a, I'll get to that in a second. I was fine before da, 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 my therapists, couple of them, cause you have a therapist for your medicine. And then I have a therapist for just like talk and exercises and stuff like that. Um, they've both told me like, okay, yeah, you could have mild ADHD that's manageable, but then you add a high-pressured career that was falling apart at the time, two kids, you know, a husband, no sleep, trying to juggle it all. Yeah, your mind's going to split in half on you. So I was okay with the diagnosis because I feel like we've all got something wrong with us. You know, we're all fucked up. We're all mad here, and that's okay. It's like that pink song, Fucking perfect. Pretty, pretty, please, don't you? I won't say it to you, but it, I think of those lyrics. I would beg you to have her listen to them. I don't know if 19-year-olds are still into pink. Hopefully they are. But it doesn't matter what label you give it. It's just a bump. It's something you have to overcome. And here's the thing is I find out like, People that have to overcome things end up being the most successful in life because they're used to, and this is sad, but whatevs, they're used to fighting that grit so things don't stop them. Okay, I had to fight ADHD and I had to figure out ways to 
navigate being successful that were harder than everybody else. Now, if you, anybody knows me in life, like I don't drink, I, yeah, I used to partake in every damn thing that was a mind altering substance, maybe not everything, but a lot of the things. And I didn't want to put something into my body again, because I had been clean of all those things for four years. And I said to one psychiatrist or psychologist, wait, psychiatrist, yes, those are the ones that give you the meds, like, I said, I don't, I really don't want to be on it. Like, I don't like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to rely on something like that for life, for every day. I don't want to do that. And he said, okay, well, look at it this way. Do you need your car? And I was like, well, yeah, I need my car. What are you talking about? He's like, you need it. You absolutely need it to live. And I was like, well, yeah, like I live 45 minutes away from my work and my kids and blah, 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 blah. And he goes, no. Are you going to stop breathing if you don't have your car? Would you never get to go anywhere or do anything if you didn't have your car? I was like, no, that it would be really fucking hard and life would be really miserable. And I, why are you asking me this? And he said, well, look, that is what medication can be. You want things in your brain to like, you know, run quote, normal, because I don't like that word, but like with a sense of normalcy without you having to work so hard for it. So this is something that can help you. So if you can have that help without having to fight it every day, why not do it? You have your car to get you around every day and to get you to things quicker and more efficiently. Now, I'm not one that takes the quicker route in anything, ever. And then sometimes not even by choice, shit. My whole life is a broken road. That's what Ask Riley started from. Like, let me give you advice based upon my idiocy in the past sometimes. Um, and I know that it can be a tad bit of an identity shift, but the thing of it is, who cares what the label says? Now, I, when I, let me back up for a second. I'm not saying that medication is right for everyone. There's not alternatives like at the time. I really had to do something drastic in order to, <laughs> I might, honestly, I'd save my career at the time, but also now for me, it's a matter of ADHD affects me. I don't know differently than others, but the way that it affects me is, you know, very absent-minded, always, always losing things. The other day I was like, okay, I have a day. I get to go to the gym. I can take some packages from my business to the, uh, to the post office. I can get groceries done. I was ready to go. Couldn't find my keys for the fucking life of me. And of course, to spare one, the battery died. I was crying. I started crying. I was like, oh my God, I can't find my keys. And it's not that there were just keys missing. It's because this happens all the time. They were in the damn stroller, like literally two feet away from me when I was looking for them. <laughs> but you see, it was like that. It was, if something interests me, I am all about it. I will be honed in. I will learn it. I will retain it. I'll be into it. But if it doesn't interest me, but I still need to know it, I really have a hard time focusing. It's almost like I literally go into la-la land. And people get angry at you for that. <laughs> but I cannot help it. And then also it re uh, presents itself sometimes as like anger or ir irritability. And I really don't want to be that for my kids. I don't want them growing up thinking mommy's always pissed off. And for me, like, 
being tired, everything gets amplified. So here's the thing it also did for me. Those are a lot of negative things. It also opened my mind to being vulnerable for help. Which, your girl, single mom over here and, you know, little miss trauma that didn't need anybody and almost didn't <laughs> meet, date, marry my husband because I don't need nobody. Um, it really did help me to let go of some things. Let go of the things that you can't change. Take it one day at a time. And be proud of the fact that I was able to let go of that and give in to getting help. Because every time I've given into that, some magic fucking happens. It's hard. It's one of those things where you just want to be like everybody else. But then again, no, you fucking don't. I don't. I'm okay with being an oddball. It's fine with me. You know what? Most of the people that I know that are successful or the celebrities that I've interviewed or the people that I've met that have lots and lots of money, they're all weird <laughs> in the best way possible. Everyone has these things about them that they have to get over. Ego can be the worst killer of possibility ever. And what I mean by that is I'm not saying that she's pompous or she's an asshole. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that like, Sometimes your ego and the thing that you think you're supposed to be instead of the thing that you are says to you, I don't need help. I can muster through this. I can just blah, 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 blah. Maybe you can. I've done it. But are you going to be happy? Are you going to be productive? Are you going to be okay struggling like that? And mama, 19, I know my mom thought this too. Seems like that cusp of, oh shit, if they don't have it together right now, they're never going to have it together. I'm probably going to feel the same way about my sons. Um, but I didn't leave home for radio until I was 24 years old. <laughs> a little late in my mind now that I look at it. But I did it. Once I finally decided, or my mom almost kicked me out, and I said, oh shit, I have to do something about it. I found my purpose. I got into radio and I bit onto that bone like nobody's business. So I feel like what you say about her, about how she's brilliant and intelligent, I mean, you're not going to lose her, Mama, not the way you talk about her. I wish I would have had somebody there to guide me that way when I was 19. If I could talk to her, which I don't know her for anything, so I would never. And I always happen to say, like, unless you ask me your opinion, if I didn't give birth to that child, I got no business telling you how to deal with it. But there's nothing wrong with her. I think the true strength is seeing the chemical makeup of you and saying, all right, this is something we got to deal with. There's so many things that could be different about somebody that are true their detriment, and I don't think this is one of them. Yeah, it's annoying. Annoying as hell. I hate being foggy-brained. And, you know, like when I was talking about morning show boot camp when I missed my flight, literally sitting there in the terminal because my mind is always going on such a rapid pace, and I was just sitting there chilling for the first time. I had nothing on my mind, so much so that I missed my fucking flight. I cried. I cried in the airport to the woman like a whiny little baby because I it wasn't just missing the flight. I would get there on time if I took the you know I took the other flight and everything was fine. But to me, it felt like such like you idiot. But then again, after about an hour of doing that to myself, I was like, all right, you know what? Shit happens. 
I don't want to do the whole one day she's going to realize dot, dot, dot. But she will. One day she's going to be everything she ever wanted. And she's going to look at her mom and go, damn, mom. Thanks for helping me through that. So I would honestly, hey, let her, let her hear this. Let her know how much you love her. If you know you don't have the words and be like, just, just listen to this. I'd be happy to talk to her too and tell her some of the things that have happened with me and ADHD. And, you know, I think I did pretty good in life. I'm still doing it too. So that was a good question. I love it. All right. So let's get to a couple of the other ones. I got to pull up the Instagrams. Hold on. Let me get to it. Instagram's got attitude lately. Okay. Um, Lessie. How do you deal with rejection? Interviewed for a dream job and I didn't get it. I'm crushed. Okay. So this was a good one because when I got fired my first time in radio 20 years ago, so I've been fired two times from the industry, not too bad, (laughs) in 20 years, um, I was so devastated. I had moved my whole life there. I had this guy that I was like, thought he was going to be the one, which obviously we know now I was wrong and the universe knew better. But, um, after that job, I was interviewing for some big spaces in the company and I wanted this one position so bad. And I interviewed for it. And I remember being so nervous and so just not myself. And in radio, you got to show you yourself and put your best foot forward. And I was just trying to be what they wanted me to be and not what I actually was. And then I lost the job and somebody else got it. And I remember I was so devastated. But here's the thing that I learned from that. I had another interview coming up and it was like the BC level job. You know, I was going, checking it out, doing it, but it wasn't like the one I was dying to get. It was kind of just like, okay, we'll see what this is. And I remember going there, walking around this bridge. It was in South Carolina, North Carolina. I don't remember. (laughs) Um, But I remember the feeling of all this and just being like sad. And I was just like, all right, whatever. Like I put myself together the next day and my best outfits ever when I'm just like, whatever. So I was like, oh, okay. I feel like I look good. I look cute. I killed that interview. I used to say that my best shows were when I was hungover back in the day when I drank because I was literally just like, okay, whatever. We're just going to do this. I was just completely cool with myself and very confident in myself. Now, I don't know if you botched the interview or if it just wasn't for you, but I do know that like when I was able to put forward just me and act as if I had nothing to lose, because at that point I'd already lost the big job and it sounds like you did too with the dream job. I realized like that wasn't for me. I found out later that job wasn't for me. So trust, trust, trust. What's for you is going to be for you no matter what you do. Who was your favorite singer before Pink? Before Pink? Who was your, who was your favorite singer before Pink? Ugh, was there a favorite singer before Pink? I don't think I was ever like obsessed with music before Pink. Who was my favorite singer? Um, I really liked Boys to Men back in the day. This is showing my age. Um, I don't care though. They're dope. I liked Mariah Carey. I liked TLC a lot. Um, Outcast. Outcast was my shit. That was my first CD, friends. CD. Uh, Blink One Eighty Two. They they are dope. Yeah, I didn't have anybody that I obsessed over before Pink, but those were some of them. Um. If you hadn't gotten into radio, what path do you think you would have taken? Uh, A shitty one. I truly can't tell you what I would have done. I don't think I would have been doing much. 
I think that I would have maybe been married to the wrong person at the time because truth be told, this is, might sound weird for me to be as driven as I am now. All I wanted to do was get married back then. That's all I wanted. I didn't want to do anything but get married and have a ring on my finger. And I didn't even know it was about being a mom. I just wanted to be married. Ugh. I love being married, but the people that I was with, some of them were great people, but we weren't great people together. But truthfully, I don't know that I would have been here today if it not for radio. Ugh. Which really just gives me the shivers because that sounds like a bold thing to say, but given the space that I was in and what radio saved me from, it saved me from myself. I don't know that I'd be doing anything. That was a melancholy answer, my bad. Um, what do you want for your birthday? Well, I got my birthday present. That was pink. <laughs> um, what do I want for my birthday? Honestly, this is so weird. I want a new, uh, 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 I want an EcoTank printer. Because <laughs> I want to be able to do like more intricate vinyl things. For, I'm so nerdy for like, you know, just for my cricket and like go beyond just, well, and in addition to, I like all the stuff I'm doing now, but I'd love to be able to do like sublimation. But those printers are expensive. So I found one used on Mercari, but I don't know if the parts work and I don't know how to fix that. And as much as Marshall is like, get you a man that can do everything, I'd really rather save up for one that has like a warranty. You know, but they're they're pricey. That's so nerdy. I know. Um, oh, what else do I want for my birthday? Uh, <laughs> um, a massage. A massage would be very nice. I don't know. I can't really even think of much because truth be told, like, you guys have given me so much in the last couple of months. Like, and it might seem like little small tiny things to you, but like when one of my We Got This Army sent me the most beautiful vintage vessels after my candles fell apart. It, that was like Christmas morning. You know, our listener fam that sent Lyric a shirt from the Outer Banks from her vacation. He loves it. It was a perfect color teal and she didn't even know that was her fa his favorite color right now. You know, I got those amazing pair of Jordans from a listener fam. Because he wanted me originally to have them to wear to pink to look amazing. And honestly, I'm glad that they got lost in transit in the mail. The universe knew what they were doing because of the fact that it was swampy and I got to wear them to boot camp. So I, I can't really ask for anything more. At, like, honestly, as I sit here and try to think about it, I'm like, I don't know. World peace? No, I'm joking. Just give me a great review. Yeah, give me that for my birthday. Give me some great reviews and let's kick the podcast into high gear. <laughs> um, not, oh, okay, wait. If you received a job opportunity with iHeart, would you work with them again? Yes, absolutely. And that might sound very weird to say, but here's the thing. You guys have heard upside down and all around about everything that's happened to me in the last year, and you'd be like, are you fucking crazy? Um, no, because... There were a lot of other opportunities and a lot of other things that I gained in that company over 20 years with a hiatus of like six years at a different company when I was in Memphis. And also from a professional standpoint, I'd be a dumbass to do that. I know it might be like, oh, sell out. No, you'd be cutting out like 75% of your chances if you did that. 
And there's also that aspect of like, show them what they missed. You know? We don't get there. Um, have you started thinking about Halloween costumes for the kids? I know it's early. I mean, technically it's not because I gave in and started doing Halloween candles already. It's like, we're just, <laughs> summer's not even over there, shoving it down our throats. Um, I thought there were going to be Mario and Luigi after Lyric did that, like Luigi, um, Mario and Luigi movie review. Cause it was so cute too. We had those little hats and then I thought maybe they could be minions. Cause Lyric is obsessed with minions. Malin's just going to probably rip it off at this point, but we'll try to get a picture. Um, but now he says he wants to be like a stormtrooper or Star Wars. Which I know I'm like, because like I would love it if Malin was like R2-D2, but you damn well know he's not going to wear something like that. I really wanted them to be like thing one and thing two. But lyrics taste change every five minutes. And whatever lyric does, Malin is absolutely happy to tag along and trail along. So something like that. I think he's going with Star Wars. So Malin might be a baby Chewbacca. That would be funny as shit. <laughs> um, how do you deal with a toxic team and workplace when you still need a job financially? Ugh, do I ever know this life? Um, that sucks because, yeah, it's just your job. You're not supposed to take it home. But when you're a wife and a mother and whatever, or anybody, even if you're just taking it home to your dog or your cat, for goodness sakes, it sucks because it seeps into your soul, especially if you're super passionate about your job. Here's some really good advice. That somebody that works some works with some very famous people said to me. He was like one of my mentors for 12 years. Still love and respect that man. He said, like, never stay in a place more than two years when you know it's not right. I remember thinking, like, what the fuck? Why two years if you know it's not right? Well, because we have financial ability or, you know, responsibilities, as you said, and some of us children and mortgages and people, places, and things, you know, and the two years is to maybe one year is to stop and have perspective on what you can do to let them not affect you as much. And I know that's a hard pill to swallow. And I had to do that one a lot, six times over. Turned out I was right, but it's not about right or wrong, but it's about what you, what do you love about your job versus what you can accept from others. And then the other year I feel like would be to make a plan if you decide that you can't do it anymore. Sounds like a long time to sit in a space that you don't love, but shit, I can't believe I've been married two years. So it goes by faster than you think. And I feel like you have to grab life by the balls. And you know what? The universe is laughing at me right now because I was doing no ball pinching. I was going to stay in the space that I was in forever, even though I knew for a very long time that it was not the thing. But the moment will come to you when you know that this is not it for you anymore or some breaks open up and it gets easier or the universe will do to you what it did to me and say, boop, it's time for you to move. And I know that I don't wish that on my worst enemy, but if it does happen to anybody, there is so much joy on the other side. Not all Skittles and sunshine rainbows, but there is joy on the other side of that. Any suggestions for a spouse who's easily jealous? So this is funny because like I used to get mad. That's not funny your situation, but I used to get mad at Marshall because he doesn't get jealous like ever. I'm like, why aren't you ever jealous of me? Because he's like, because I'm secure in you and I'm not worried about it. But there's something I'm sorry. Sometimes it can be a little sexy if your dude's jealous. I'm not talking about like acting like a damn gorilla and punching people if they look at your ass. I'm just like, you know, just little 
a little jealous. I am the jealous bitch in the, in the, in the situation. I am very Latina spicy, jealous. You look at my man like bitch I bite. And even though I am 100% secure in my marriage and my relationship with Marshall, I still would get jealous all the time. Like people that would comment on his Facebook when we first got together because I had had exes that I was with that I turned them into the fucking starry-eyed prince even though he was a damn frog, but just because of the way that I spoke about them in the air. And when we first got together, Marshall was getting an influx of women followers and hard eyes. And I was like, girl. And I had to kind of like set him straight with that. And not set him straight, but like, babe. I mean, he's a dude that grew up in a small-ish town. Not really small, but, you know, smaller than what I did. And he'd never been exposed to all of that attention from strangers in that way. And sometimes people don't have the best of intentions. So I kind of had to like say all that to him. But as far as... In this situation where it's just a spouse being easily jealous, I kind of need more context there. Like, what are we jealous of? What is the deal? Because if it becomes like abusive jealousy where it's like, you know, let me see your phone, which we've all done it. But I'm like, you know, like just to the point where like you don't have any privacy and they're, you know, pointing out things that you didn't even do and making scenarios in your head. Like, that's a whole different thing. And yes, I've been there too. (laughs) Not with Marshall, but, you know, in other horrible relationships. But if it's something else where it's just like they want you to check in a little bit more or they're noticing somebody around you that you, you know, when you're around them, it makes your person feel some kind of way and a spouse. So what I'm saying is this is a wife or a husband. So you got to pay attention to that a little bit more because I always say like your spouse is the one that comes first before fucking everything. And that's sometimes hard for people that are strong-willed and independent and whatever, but I need more context before I say, like, this, that, or the third. Because I do always say, like, jealousy is a useless emotion when I'm being real about it. Like, I don't get jealous over what other people have. Because I've also been there in the past, and that's a gross feeling. But if it's a jealousy situation over protecting what's yours, like the mother instinct is, I, I think I need more words with that one. Um, what is your Enneagram, what, what is your Enneagram type? Anagram, Enneagram, E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. What the hell is that? Hold on. Enneagram. What is Enneagram type? What the hell is this? You learn something new every day I hear on Really Rally. Um, hold on. Oh, the nine, how do you say this? Enneagram? Spell with an E. We're going to go with Enneagram. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm sure you will. Um, the nine Enneagram type descriptions. One, the reformer. Oh, okay, so I'm going to be one of these. Cool. The the rational, ideal, idealistic type. Principled, purposeful, self-controlled, and perfectionistic. I'm perfectionist. Per, oh, my God. I talk for a living. I swear. Perfectionistic. I'm principled, kind of. I'm not rational at all. <laughs> I can be, but that's not something I would describe myself as as a whole. Purposeful, yes. Self-controlled. I think I'm more self-controlled than I used to be, but not in situations where I'm super comfy, like in my house. In work, I think I'm more controlled than I used to be back in the day. The helper. The caring interpersonal type. Uh, demonstrative, generous, people-pleasing, and possessive. That could be me. I'm pers- Yeah, I'm possessive of what's mine. And that's in all things, like success and accolades, my husband, my kids, my money, my blah, blah, blah. People-pleasing, I have been that for sure. So maybe the helper. The achiever, 
Ooh, the success-oriented, pragmatic type, adaptive, excelling, driven, and image conscious. Ooh, that's me. <laughs> that might be me. The individualist, the sensitive, withdrawn type, expressive, dramatic, self-absorbed, and temperamental. Well, I'm temperamental as fuck. I'm sensitive. I'm not withdrawn. I'm expressive. I am dramatic. Um, okay, that could be that. The investigator, the intense, cerebral type, perceptive, innovative, secretive, and isolated. Uh, I'm perceptive, but I'm an innovative, but I'm not secretive and isolated. So not that one. The loyalist. The committed, security-oriented type, engaging, responsible, anxious, and suspicious. What? I mean, I'm responsible and anxious. Suspicious? I'm suspicious of others. Nah, that's not me. The enthusiast. The busy, fun-loving, spontaneous, versatile, distractible, (laughs) and scattered. Oh, well, that's me. But I don't know that I'm the enthusiast, though. I mean, I am all those things, but... I'm fun-loving, but I'm more serious than fun. I don't know. I think that's me. I don't know. I'm not getting that vibe that that's me. Um, The challenger. The powerful, dominating type, self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational. Oh, that could be me. So far, we're either the achiever or the challenger, I think. The peacemaker. No. The peacemaker. Easygoing, self-effacing type, receptive, reassuring, agreeable, and complacent. No, that's not me. Okay, so... I think I am a mix between the achiever, the success-oriented, pragmatic type, adaptive, excelling, driven, and image conscious, or the challenger, the powerful, dominating type, self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational. That's me. Well, this was a good one, y'all. Gave me lots of good shit to talk about. Um, And keep them coming. If you want to hit me up with some more, reallyreallypodcast at gmail.com. The text line is 410-604-8895. I have some really cool interviews coming up. Some singer just hit me up, and I'm so excited. Like, she is going to be the next big thing. I can't wait. Um, Yeah. And if you guys want to give me a birthday present and give me a really great review, and share the podcast. That'd be great. And or another great birthday present if you would become the part of the ever-growing We Got This fam. Support the Really Riley podcast and keep the lights on and get the perks. And side note, I'm sorry for some of you that have not gotten the welcome package. I am very annoyed, but they're going back out. The mail's in really icky, but you'll get it. I swear, even if I have to walk it to you, damn it. But... You can do that at reallyreallypodcast.com and check out the new merch. I was in my little mad scientist room, i.e. my craft room, cooking up some new stuff. Very excited for you to see it. I'm always cooking up all this new stuff and I always have a little like bullet in the chamber, if you will, but it's a matter of uploading them and taking pictures and all that. So we're getting there, friends. I need an assistant, but I can't pay one. So it's it's me, myself, and I in this little CEO endeavor. <sighs> I love you guys. Um... I hope you have a great rest of your week and I will talk to you on Friday. It's really Riley.